So I'm listening to uh, the new Coleman Hughes podcast. Uh, he's interviewing Wilfred C. Riley. So those two guys are like, they're very close to my uh, favorite commentators. They're both African-American. They're both, you know, super educated. And they're both super reasonable. But anyways, Riley uh, gave a stat for racism in America. Like, it is so hard. Like, you know, how many Americans are racist? You can go to Google. You will not be able to find the answer to that. But anyways, he says in housing, um, black people are whatever. There's 8 to 10% racism. So if, you know, a white person and a black person go apply for an apartment for 10, if they apply for 10 apartments and there's 10% racism, then the black person will get turned down one more time than the white person. So, you know, maybe... White person gets turned down twice, black person gets turned down three times, and that's, uh, I guess, because they're black, so that's good to know. Good to have a number. Okay, and 8% of people said they wouldn't vote for a black president, and I guess that's, uh, whatever, Democrats and Republicans. Hmm. Okay, and then he didn't put numbers on this, because, I mean, this is, uh, whatever, this is the radioactive thing that'll get you canceled, but, um... Are people of color less racist than white people? And the answer is, they're either the same or more racist. I guess it depends on, uh, you know, which color. And uh, 8 out of 10 of the richest groups in America are people of color. It's basically like East Asians, South Asians, and Africans. But, you know, I think those are immigrants. Yeah, Riley's saying that um, where you live can be a big part of it. So, like, you know, Nigerians and whatever, Koreans, they're not, in, they're not living in the rural south. So, apparently, rural south is going to make you poor as hell. So, stay out of there. And, you know, whatever. We know who lives there. That's uh, black people and then uh, rednecks. Or maybe hillbillies. I forget what they're called in the south. And so, this doesn't really whatever this is kind of sidestepping the issues but um anyways i guess they've done studies on like black versus white in the same way on wages like the wage gap the same way they've done it on the gender gap and so if if you get a black person and a white person where they have the same education and they say have they work the same hours they have the same seniority and etc then the white person makes one percent more Riley's now talking about um, the age of various racial groups. I've heard this before. He uses the mode. Um, I think average is a better one. Actually, median is the best one. So in stats, you got the median. That's half of the group is above and half of the group is below that number. Um, The average, which is you add up all the numbers of the group and divide it by the number of things in the group. And then the mode, this is the most common number uh, in the group. And so on Twitter, Riley eventually said what the so the average age for blacks and whites is 28 and 38. But anyways, here's the mode. So this is the most common age for whites, blacks, and Hispanics. The most common age for a white person to be is 57. The most common age for a black person to be is 27. And the most common age for a Hispanic to be is 11. You know, and are 57-year-olds richer than 11-year-olds? I guess it depends on their allowance. The allowance that the 57-year-old gets. Now, I heard all that, but uh, then he makes a point I never thought of, which is, 
your age is going to affect how good you do in sports. Right? You're going to have, you know, at least like pro sports. Or heck, who knows, Little League too, basically. You want to have, you know, if you want your race to be good at Little League, then you want to have lots of people at Little League age. And if you want to be good at pro sports, you want a bunch of people from, uh, you know, 18 to 30. So that's interesting. All right, so he says, if you adjust for absolutely everything, like age, what part of the country do you live in, um, you know, what major did you do in college, probably did you have a two-parent household, like if you just do absolutely everything, apples to apples, the difference is uh, 1% to 4%. So I guess there we go. That's how racist America is. It's somewhere in the 1% to 4% range. Finally, a dang number. Jeez, I've been looking for a number like that for quite a while. And, you know, do I know if that number is correct? No, but it's the first time I ever heard the number. Everyone who's uh, talking about white supremacy and systemic this and that, uh, systemic institutions, um, they never put a number on it, you know? Like, I think if they had a number that they liked, they would tell you that number. But they don't have a number that they like, so they keep their mouth shut on the fact of numbers. And then uh, Riley gives a hypothetical example. He's like... If you take a 25-year-old black guy from rural Mississippi, you know, who did decent on his SATs, and you compare him to a 60-year-old Jew who did amazing on his SATs, and he's 60-year-old and living in Manhattan, uh, you know, who's going to be richer? And is that because of racism? Obviously, people didn't like Jews back in the day. All right, so what exactly do you have to take into account if you want to get that um, blacks and whites are within 1% of each other? The answer is, you have to take people who are the same age, from the same part of the country, have the same number of years of education, and got the same score on some test. You know, like SAT would qualify, or basically some sort of school-related test. So if you're the same on those four things, then a black person will make 1% less money. Obviously, black people don't make as much money as white people, so what's up with that? Well, part of it is age, and part of it is where where you live in the country. But you know, the the last, the second two, the last two things, that's education related stuff. And I think that's where black people are not doing so good. And you know, we can say uh, bad neighborhoods, bad schools. That's what's to blame. So is that you know, is that systemic racism? Maybe. You know, is it? It's not really racism. Like, you know, you go to these you go to these bad neighborhoods, they've got a black Democrat in charge of everything. And obviously, whatever, and it, it ain't helping nothing. So there's a problem, but the problem is not racism. It's some other problem. Some problem that we need to uh, confront, uh, you know, uh, dissect analytically and fix. And that's why I'm against, you know, talking about systemic racism when it ain't that. You know, you put the word racism on there, and I think you're kind of in a box about what you can fix. You know, you got to fix something that has to do with racism. You got to reduce some racism or attack some racists or something. But it isn't racism. You can't get there from here. Here is it's racism and white supremacy. And there is everyone in the country is doing great. And there's just there is no way to go from here to there. There was a well done study in 2004 where they uh, randomly sent black-sounding names versus white-sounding names to employers to see how many callbacks they would get. And the black-sounding names got 
less callbacks. Now the retort to that is to having, does having like a super black sounding name, I'm trying to think of one, I mean heck, like Shaquille or Anthony, I mean those are famous basketball players, but those are, you know, those are black sounding names. I think people are naming their kids after famous basketball players now. There's a, there's a, there's an Anthony, I don't know if you remember Anthony Hardaway from the 90s. There's an Anthony uh, something who plays in the NBA now, and he was named after the previous basketball player. You know, basically, it's not Anthony, it's Anferny with an F. But anyway, the retort is, does having a name like that, does that mean that you are black? Or does that mean that you come from a, whatever, basically a bad neighborhood? Like, I don't know, are rich black people naming their kids Anferny? And if they're not, maybe employers are like, uh, you know, if I see a Joe Bob in there, I ain't going to call him back. And if I see an Anthony in there, I'm not going to call him back because I don't want any people from bad neighborhoods. I want, uh, you know, whatever it is they think will get them a better employee. And then, is that fair? I mean, obviously, that's not fair. And, of course, life is not fair. And then you got Billy Bob Thornton. I think that name actually helped him. So, depends on where you're going, where you're coming from, and where you're going. And if you have a real Chinese-sounding name, you will also get the same amount of reduced callbacks as black people. People did studies on last names, and that doesn't change anything about getting a job. So if your last name is Hernandez or Gomez or Jefferson or Washington, that doesn't matter. It's what your first name is that matters. And Coleman gives a couple uh, examples of black names uh laquisha and ladasha apparently that was that's some girls that he knew and ladasha was spelled with a dash in the middle so coleman points out that discriminating against people from poor black neighborhoods based on their name or i guess you know poor chinese neighborhoods too uh, that ain't right and i agree that ain't right and then he says that uh you know maybe well off Black people from good neighborhoods who don't have black-sounding names, they hear about this stuff, and then they think they're going to be discriminated against when they're not. So it gets them all. If you got the black name, you get discriminated against. If you don't got the black name, you think you are when you aren't. And so let's get some people's ideas about uh, police and race. I believe the number of unarmed people killed each year by the cops is about 40. And that's not black people, that's just all people. I think the number of black people is about 15, maybe 20 this last year. It's probably extra. But so that of the people who d describe themselves as very liberal, 35% of those people think the number of unarmed black people killed by police was about 1,000. 15% think it's 10 grand, and 7% think it's way over 10 grand. Now that's very liberal people. So now mainstream li liberals, 27% of them think it's 1,000. So a quarter of, you know, basically just normal people on the left, uh, they're off by a factor of 100. For every unarmed black person that gets killed by cops, they think there's a hundred of them. So they have a funny comment. Uh, Coleman's talking about, you know, the Billy Bobs who may get hired because of their names. And he's like, you know, hillbillies or white trash, whatever the least offensive thing is, whatever you want to call them. And uh, Riley's like, Appalachian-American. So why do people think that? 
basically they think the stories in the news are the tip of an iceberg. You know, they hear about one, there's probably a hundred more. They don't realize that they hear about every single one that happens in a country of 330 million people. They, they are aware of every single one that happens. And I think this explains why, like you look into these cases, you know, if you just read the headline on the first day, it's like, oh, innocent black person killed by racist cop. But, you know, you look into it a week later and it's like, oh, that girl was in the middle of trying to murder someone. Or, oh, that guy's a serial rapist. Because they would pick black people who were truly, whatever, sympathetic, more sympathetic. But they can't find them because there's so few of them. Now some stats on armed people who are killed by the cops. So there's about a thousand of them each year. This ain't black. This is just all people total. And, you know, so this is people like, you know, shooting at cops with an AR-15 or running at them with a machete or, you know, maybe trying to run the cop over with their car. And so 25% of that thousand are black. I guess the other 70% of them are white or Hispanic. I guess there's 5%. Maybe that's Asians. And I think, you know, you'll find that that matches up pretty well with uh, the amount of violent crime that each of those groups commits. The unarmed one matches up perfectly. The armed one is a little bit different. I'll talk about that sometime. Anyways, it's a little bit different, but it doesn't show, it doesn't indicate any racism. In fact, it indicates the opposite. I think more white people get killed than you would think of the armed ones. Maybe because more white people are armed and have schizophrenia. But people don't like to go with the violent crime rate to compare things to. So uh, Riley uses age and income level. And if you do that, you're able to get rid of whatever, most of the difference. Because, you know, blacks are getting shot, blacks are getting shot by cops. This is, I guess this is back to unarmed. They're uh, 13% and they're maybe 18% of the people shot. So, you know, you're just for whatever. Age, income, violent crime rate. There's a few things you can adjust for, and it goes away. So Roland Fryer is a Harvard economist. And he did, uh, you know, I think, whatever, the best study of police violence and, you know, people of color that I know of. You know, it wasn't like a woke thing where it's like, I'm going to blame the cops regardless of the evidence. Like, he went in there to see what... He thought he was going to find the cops were murdering black people like crazy. But anyways, he went in there with an open mind and... What he found is this. Black men are 15% more likely, I guess when you control for all the variables, to be shoved or be cursed at by cops. So basically, the cops are more, more jerks to them to the tune of 15%. And then it's weird. So, that, you know, so basically, that's the lowest level thing, right? They like, whatever. They pat you down, they curse at you, and they let you go. So I guess black people get that worse. And then uh, white people are more are 27% more likely to be killed by cops when you hold everything steady. So on the super serious end, it's white people that get the shaft. And in fact, I don't think I don't think there's racism on either side of that. I think there's probably other reasons to explain it. Like I think you know I think the white people a lot of times have mental illness, which is something that will greatly increase your chance of getting killed. And black people come from poor black neighborhood. Well, come from bad neighborhoods where they do not get along with the cops. And they're in a bad mood, and the cop's in a bad mood when they interact. So Coleman finishes up the cop statistics crime stats section by saying that 
being mistreated by a cop is not what's going to make your life go down the wrong path. And he mentioned stuff like, you know, did your parent read to you? Was there violence in your household? Basically, you know, what was your environment not counting the cops? And he's like, that's the big thing that determines uh, life outcomes, not the cops. Which, I mean, I think, I think everyone can agree that's probably pretty true, but you got to be careful if you say that, I guess. It's easy to attack the cops. It's hard to tell a mom to get rid of an abusive boyfriend.